0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. You know, recently I had an interesting conversation with one of our youth goers, one of our kids from youth, and we were on our way home from meeting at the park and he, start off the, he starts off the conversation by saying, Man, I miss going to church. You know, I, I miss how it was all, everything was normal, everything was okay back then. You know, I loved hanging out with people and just doing things and meeting at church, how it was all normal. And I had no idea how much I missed going to church. And things are so different now, aren't they? You know, how many of you miss the good old days where you can you know, plan a trip where you can travel anywhere. You know, good old days where you can, you, you can make plans and go anywhere you'd like to. And things have changed so, so much. You know, more people today are just so tense. You know, I'm tense. You know, I'm easily agitated. People are so uneasy. You know, some people are terrified and incredibly angry at best. And you know, I've talked to so many people who have just had as a deep sense of feeling disconnected or feeling hopeless, or they're lacking confidence in the future, or lacking direction, questioning everything and everybody. You know, where's the conspiracy? Who's behind all of this stuff? Who can we trust? Who's telling us the truth and who's not? And, and they're slipping back, you know, they're slipping back. A lot of people are slipping back into their destructive habits and bad rhythms. And so many people in some form or another would just say, man, life is just not working the way I want it to work. Things just aren't going well right now. Such a heaviness, such an easiness. And that's why the title of today's message is this, What Your Life Is Missing. What Your Life Might Be Missing. Now, if you're writing notes down, write that down as the title, What Your Life Is Missing is missing. Let's pray together before we get started. Father, we ask, Lord God, that by the power of your spirit and through the truth of your word, that you would help us perhaps discover what we are missing so we could know you more and more intimately and serve you passionately. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody says, Amen. Now this young person, he is so nice, he's timid, he's quiet, but he's very nice. All right, And he says, oh my gosh, I miss church so, so much. I miss everybody. I missed how it was in the old days. I just miss going to church. Somebody say church. Type it in, in the chat, if you will, type church, church, church. And I want to talk to you all about, today, about the church. Now, many of you probably just left the chat or something. No, 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 don't do that. But I want to talk to you about the church, And give you a little bit of a context from scripture. Now we've been at our leadership meetings, we've been talking and we've been learning about what the church is and why we as a church exist. And the root Greek word that's translated as church in the New Testament, it appears 107 times. And it's the word ecclesia. Ek means out of, and ecclesia comes from the root word Calling. This word means both at the same time to assemble, to gather, and to be called out. That's who we are. We are the church. We were gathered together to be strengthened, to be called out. The word is Ecclesia. Write that down, Ecclesia. And the first time that the word is mentioned in all of the New Testament is actually mentioned by who do you think it was? Who do you think mentioned it first? Jesus mentioned the church the very first time. And Jesus, to give you the context, he was kind of talking to his disciples one day, right? And he gave them a surprise quiz. He's like, mm, let me ask each of you a question. Let me ask all of you a question. He said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples were like surprised. I'm like, uh, what's going on, right? And they're like, "Um, uh, you're John the Baptist, uh, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're this prophet, you're that prophet, you're this prophet incarnated, right? And then Jesus turned the quiz onto Peter, right? And he said, no, Peter, you tell me, who do you say that I am? And the Spirit of God gave him wisdom and knowledge right there. And Peter said, and it says this, You're the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said this to Peter the first time the church is mentioned in all of the Scripture. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said this, On this rock, Jesus says, I will build my what? I will build my church. Type it right now, church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church. Jesus loves his church. He cares about his church. He loves and wants to build his church. I want to tell you just for a moment about some events right now that have happened at church around church or because of the church in my life? Just a little bit of a history, you know, um, recently actually, recently before we get into that, I was just sitting in my car and I was just reading a book and, and a thought just rushed into my head, right, and the church came up, right, have you ever been like reading one at one point, right? And your your eyes are following the words and your lips if you like to read out loud, your lips your lips are you know following the uh, word for word, but then your mind is somewhere else? That was me. That was me. And to give you a little bit of a history, my family grew up attending church. I grew up in church, right? I grew up in Sunday school into youth and into church and we were churchgoers. But I wasn't all, throughout all my life, I wasn't really intimately connected to Jesus or following him faithfully through my younger years. And here's just some thoughts that entered my mind, how my life has been influenced a short list of the different ways from the church and by the church. First of all, we're, you know, maybe, when I was maybe five or six years of age, we went to church one week and my brother Aaron and I were in Sunday school. And the teacher was, you know, we were just having conversations. We were in a circle and the teacher, which was the pastor's wife back then, right, asked us what we would like to be one day when we grew up. So everyone was having their own turns and then it got to my brother Aaron. Well, my brother had an amazing answer. He had an amazing answer. And he says, well, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. And I'm just sitting there admiring and in awe and amazed by his answer. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty sick. I want to be like that when I grow up too. Right? But this conversation, this interaction resonated with me throughout my entire life. And I can still remember that conversation now, today. So I get home and I can't get this thought out of my head. Can't get it out. So I told my mother, I want to be a pastor one day, mom. Ma? Which is completely bizarre because I really don't remember even liking a pastor at all when I was young. But for some reason, I felt drawn to the church. Then years later, at youth, I just felt drawn to God. I would go to youth, but I didn't really know God. I felt drawn to Him occasionally. And then I got into high school, right? And it was at high school where, where I, that I fell deep into sin and started reading the Word and decided to become a follower of Jesus. And immediately, for no reason, I just decided, man, I needed to go to church, I need to serve at church, and I just felt drawn for some reason. I started to make new friends at church and they were very different from my old friends at school. You see, before I was a Christ follower, I thought everybody was a Christian, right? Everyone would be casually saying amen, hallelujah, and quote scriptures on their Facebook posts and Instagram quotes and stuff like that. But live entirely different lives and I assumed and I thought that was what all Christianity was about. Everyone was a Christian. And now when I became a true Christ follower, I looked back and I thought of all my old friends. None of them were Christians. Because these new friends were so passionate. These new friends that I've met at my church, in my church. These new friends that I've met, you know, were so passionate about doing something that will make a difference for God. And would way outlast this life. I met new friends through the church and I started being discipled through the church, learning God's word, being corrected and encouraged and sharpened through the church. I started growing spiritually through the church. Our pastor gifted, my, uh, gifted me a Bible for, for teens, which I still have my name engraved on it. I started to learn to be generous and give to the church and in the church. When they called for an offering one time, one Sunday, and they used to pass on these little satchel things for you to kind of put your offering in, and I didn't give anything. And the lady sitting next to me at the time, you know, who I didn't know, took out $20 from her purse, right? And said, hey, let's never come unprepared to give. I'll give this to you so you can give it back to God. And I was so blown away by her generosity that it started a journey growing towards generosity and giving to God and giving to the church. And you might be wondering, well, Tom, why are you telling us all of this? You probably can't even relate to me at all. But here is my point. Here is the point in my life and in my whole in my family's whole life. Honestly, everything that I can find that's anything meaningful is a reflection of the work of God through the church. And it's not because I'm a leader or I serve in the church. It was before I was anything. It's because I'm a follower of Christ and I'm a part of Jesus, His church. And I hope that many of you, many of you have some type of story like that where here's how God used the people of God. Here's how he used the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And I want to talk to you today about the church. In fact, what I want to do for the next few minutes is, I I kind of want to do a little bit of a test with you. And I want to share with you something to see how it connects with you. And I want to see if this moves you, if this sparks a light within you, if it stirs you up, or if it just kind of bores you. I'm going to show you a portion from the Old Testament and it comes from Proverbs chapter 31. And now those of you who have been around the church for so long, especially ladies, you know that Proverbs chapter 31 is all about a godly wife or a godly woman. These are Unbelievably high standards which make men glad they're not women because these standards are just so hard and they're too hard to live up to. Just saying, right? But these are amazing standards of a godly person. And there's 22 verses about the godly wife. And what's amazing about these 22 verses is that they're actually an acrostic poem. What that means is that each of these 22 verses start with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and spell out all these beautiful qualities of the godly bride. For example, if I was to do this for, uh, for Mama Chanel, right? And I would kind of say like this, I would say A, B, C. Like, like Mama Chanel is amazing for A. B, she is beautiful. C, she is Christ-like. And that's kind of what it does. That's what an acrostic poem is. Essentially, this godly bride exhausts the entirety of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, what we need to know is anytime you read the scriptures, all the scriptures points towards Jesus. And you look in the Old Testament and you can see images and prophetic utterances of Jesus. You see it everywhere. Jesus is the main character of the Word. Jesus is the main character of the Bible. And even in the Old Testament, you see images of Jesus. You see images of God. The church, like Songs of Solomon, is, it's a very graphic love story between a man and a woman. It's also a metaphor a portrayal of God's love for the church. And that's what I want to do is to show you in Proverbs chapter 31 out of the Passion Translation. If you don't have the Passion Translation, you can kind of put that through Google if you'd like. A potential metaphor or series of metaphors about the church. So let me explain what I'm going to do. And the media team is going to help us out here. Let me explain what I'm going to do. When we look at the husband, What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in parentheses, Jesus, as perhaps the husband represents maybe Jesus. And anytime we see the godly woman, the bride, I'm going to put it instead, the bride of Christ Jesus, the church. So let me just demonstrate so you'll know clearly what I'm doing here. Okay, perhaps we're looking at a metaphor in the Old Testament about Jesus and his bride. We'll start in verse 10, and this is what the text says. This is what the real text says before the editing. It says this, Who can find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was far greater than many jewels. Now here's how I'm going to edit it, and you can see in parentheses, and here's what I put. Who could ever find a church like this one? Christ's church is full of strength and mighty valor. See if it does any, if, see if this does anything to you emotionally. The church is full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for the church was greater than many jewels. Verse 13 and 14, the church searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. The church gives out revelation, truth to feed others. The church tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished, no matter how dark the night. She, the church, is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor, for she always reaches out her hands to those who are in need. Her husband, Jesus, is famous and admired by all. Even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. And I edited this next verse, but you'll see what I did. There are many valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended above them all. Popularity can be misleading and followers and wealth and worldly clout is in vain and so quickly fades. But the church, the bride of Christ, lives in wonder, awe and the fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout all eternity the proverbs chapter 31 woman or maybe even a metaphor or the bride of uh, Christ exhausts the 22 letters of the hebrew alphabet question does this does that connect with you emotionally and if it does it's probably because you recognize you don't just go to church but you are the bride of Christ jesus said i will build my church and he's been building your life to be even more about you, but to be a part of a bigger calling, a bigger mission in this world, does this connect with you emotionally? Now, if it doesn't, what's missing from your life? What's, what's, why is your life maybe not working the way it should? Why is it that you feel disconnected, alone, trapped, hopeless, desperate? What's missing from your life? Maybe it's the church, and maybe the church is missing you. Jesus said, I will build my church, and I want to suggest to you a very real shift in mindset, and please hear me when I tell you, this is so much more than a a, a play on words, this is a change of thinking to truly understand the church for which Jesus gave his life for, and the church for which he is building. We do not go to church. If you can go to a church, you can leave a church. You don't just go to church. The church is not a destination. The church is an identity. It's not a building. It is a people. And that's why we don't just go to church. We are the church and we are here for the world. You know what's profoundly interesting to me is that the first time Jesus mentions the church, he says this, I will build my church, and then he didn't say, I will build my church and the church will care for widows. Yes, that was very important to him, but he didn't say that. He didn't say, I will build my church and there will be peace on earth. Yes, he did say there will, he comes to bring peace on earth, but he didn't say that afterwards. No, what he said was, I will build my church." And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, the first time he talks about his church, there is a very visible, very clear, very plain reminder that we are engaged in a war. What's missing from your life right now? Maybe you're not engaged in the war making a difference, pushing back the forces of darkness as you've been created and called by God to do in as His church. Maybe you recognize that, man, it is crazy out there. Man, we are in a war. But I'm not engaged in the war. And I'll give you a visual of it. You know, back when I was in high school, before before I was a Christ follower, right? I was at a party one time. And this guy came up to me, and he pushed me really hard. He walked up to me, pushed me pretty hard, and he goes, what's up, right? Well, if you didn't know that, that that can be an affectionate greeting, form of greeting for a guy. You just go up to a friend, you push him really hard, that can be affectionate. So I thought he was being, you know, cool and collected. And so I just pushed him back kind of hard as well. I said, not much, right? And the next thing you know, he put his arm around, you know, me to put me in a headlock or a, ch- a chokehold, right? And again, this may be confusing to you, to some of you, but that can be a very bro-to-bro kind of greeting or affectionate. Like, we're cool together kind of thing, putting each other in a headlock. And so I thought out, with you know, we're being buddies, we're being friends and so I just backed out of it kind of quickly and I just aggressively pushed him away to say, yeah, we're really good friends. Well, evidently enough, he had a different strategy because the next thing I know, this guy behind him who was like this massive rugby player, right, came at me at full speed, put me in his shoulder and threw me into a wall. My butt went through the wall. I was back, I was on my back and he's laying onto me for no reason. Right? And I said, oh, so we're not being buddies. We're in a battle. Now I see how it's going to go. Now, some of you would be wise to recognize that there is someone attacking you whose mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we are in a battle, Transformers. We are to engage in the battle as the church. And our battle, listen to me, it's not against flesh and blood, Paul said. It's against—it's not against mask wearers or non-mask wearers. It's not against those who vote one way or vote another way. But our battle is against spiritual forces of this dark world and we are called to be a light, to be a force of love and to push back the kingdom of darkness. Listen to me, what's missing in your life right now? Maybe it's the church. Maybe the church is missing you. Maybe you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God and all that and all this stuff, but you're not engaged in the war. You're called to be engaged, to step in. And I don't know what this means for you right now, because right now the world is different. So it may, it may have to be a little bit different. If all you can do right now is watch online and all you can do is maybe come once in a while, you know, when we get back to our physical service, which was next week, by the way, what, more on that later. Whatever it is, let me just encourage you and plead with you and beg you to engage in the spiritual battle. What might be missing maybe is just the power of community where one iron sharpens another iron and together you strengthen and lift and love and convict and correct and encourage each other. You can't do it alone. I gotta have your back, you gotta have mine. We cannot fight alone. Maybe for you, For you prayer warriors out there, maybe for you it's prayer. You want to get down some real spiritual warfare, you get down on your knees, you pray, heaven opens up and the power of God descends upon this earth. You ask for his will on earth as it is in heaven. Engage in prayer. Don't just sit by and watch the news all day long and be blah, 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 the world's coming to an end. Do something about it. Engage Type it in the chat right now. Engage. Turn to the person next to you and say, engage. Listen, if you are watching this right now, you have spiritual gifts. You're part of the body of Christ. Every part of the body of Christ is important. You know, if you're doing, if all you're doing right now is like streaming a message once in a while, every now and then, and then yell at people, you're not using your spiritual gifts. Somewhere, and and listen, 70% of you right now, you're not using them in a church right now because you're not coming. Maybe you can't, maybe whatever, but I'm going to tell you to just find a place to use it in. And I believe that Transform Church is that place to make a difference for God, That the gift that God has given you to make a difference in this world because you actually serve someone else. And guess what? You're fulfilled as you use your gifts to make a difference. difference. You can give for God so love the world. You know one of the ways that you're most like God is when you give and thank you to those of you who are giving to the work of God through the church you know for the heart of the house or giving into the community and seeing the needs of people and say hey as a church we want to be a blessing. You know who you are. You can invite people You can invite them online right now. In fact, you can tag them. It's still not too late. Tag them in right now. You can share this right now. Guess what? Anybody can come to church online. Anybody in the world with access. You can invite people back. And here's the deal. As a church in a war, when you wake up, you wake up with a search and rescue mentality. We ambassadors of God called to help people to be reconciled back to God For God. And the church is not a place we go to. It's who we are. Who we are as the church. Listen, we will lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it's more blessed to give than receive. And that's why on top of all the normal things during the season... You, I mean like you, transformers, you're giving as a church, have raised money for the new toilet blocks in our new facility. You did that as the church to witness into the lives of families. You right now are funding many people meeting people and educating people and helping those who are in need. You are involved. You are the church doing this. There are people around the world who are hurting, unable to work, unable to eat. So we picked one part that we could impact. And all over Melbourne right now, because of your generosity, Transformers, there are struggling families eating today and tonight because you, the church, are engaged in the war. We believe that the local church, that transformed church, the local church is the hope of the world, that we can do infinitely more together than apart. It's not about us. It's about the church. We can give freely to people all over the world. We are in a war. We're in a war. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ, to reach people no one's reaching. We're going to do thing, no, things no one's doing. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. The church exists for the world and we are the church. What are you? You're the church. Come on, church, what's missing? The church, we're full of faith and not fear, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Wherever you are right now, would you mind just standing with me? Wherever you are. And if you're in your living room or you might get up from your sofa or get out of bed for just a moment, just a little bit. We're going to pray together. We're going to stand together. What are we? We are the church, the bride of Christ. We are united, standing against one enemy whose mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. And we are united around one mission to lead people to become fully devoted to followers of Christ. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 13, verse 20. And he said this, Now to him, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could all that we can ask, think or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, within you, within us, within you. To Him be the glory where in the church, in the church, in the bride of Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Who are we? We're the church with a bride of Christ known for generosity, seeking justice, expressing love, not backing down in the face of opposition, but taking the message of Jesus all over the world. What's missing from your life? Maybe it's the church. Maybe the church is missing you. And as you prepare your hearts again to meet here again, physically, face to face, I would love to invite you to engage in the spiritual battle. We'll step in, step up because of the one who gave his life for you. Only, our only reasonable response to him is to give our lives for him. If you can see it, if you can feel it, he's moving in our cities, he's moving in our, on our streets, he's moving and his name is Jesus. He is good. We are the church, and we exist for the work. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this time that you've given us right now. Thank you for the season that we're in, a season that might, be, might seem blurry to us, but we know and trust and have faith that you are in the season. Like the sun in a winter season, even though we can't see through the cloudy and stormy clouds during the winter, we know that you are there beyond it and trust that this season too shall soon pass. Help us as a church. Help us to be a light. Help us to be united. Help us to be peaceful, to be loving, to be serving and to be honoring one another. And to our leaders and our pastors. Be with us as a church and as a family and as leaders. And in Jesus' name we all say and pray. Amen. Hello again and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend, someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.